This is a well-worn road for many of us, isn't it? We come back and we come back and we come back to Easter. And we, in the next couple of days, will move. We're going to travel from Friday to Sunday, from death to new life. But we cannot get ahead of ourselves. We have to somehow stay in Friday. So if you see me rushing this morning in the word, please just shout out and call me back. Because we need to stay in Friday just for now. You see, Friday in Christian reckoning is the zero point where God's power is defeated by the brute force of human politics. And we have to sit with that for a moment. Now, in hindsight, we Christians have found in this Friday shutdown, this zero hour, the transformative work of God who works in and through weakness as the gateway to life. In hindsight, we declare that suffering love has transformative power the executioners that first Friday never suspected. But the thing is, we look on the cross this morning from today, but we stand together as we approach the cross, as we gaze and look upon the cross this morning. We find that we meet alongside that great cloud of witnesses before us. And we also meet at the cross this morning, our first Friday, sisters and brothers. And I wonder what they are going to say to us this morning, our first Friday, brothers and sisters, who we read about in John chapter 19 this morning, that company of people who love Jesus as they gazed on the cross. I think they will remind us, as we meet them this morning, that death is real. They will tell us that crucifixion is very real. Today we're used to contemplating Jesus' death as unique, but it was in fact a common method of execution for an occupying Roman Empire to force and assert itself on a small nation. The crosses of Rome were always in public places. They were always a humiliation, and they were always a warning to others who might just be considering revolution. So standing, looking on the cross this morning, we find the mix of human life from our first brothers and sisters, on that first Friday to today. We find the same mix of human life that we always find at the cross. The executioner, the guard, the gambler, the mourner, the friend, the disciple, the mother, the parent, the passerby, the innocent bystander wondering what to make of it all. Seeking to understand the meaning of life, the meaning of death, 
and the meaning of God. And I guess we've spent 2,000 years theologizing about this moment, puzzling what suffering and atonement and grace mean, helped by gospel writers like John, who so eloquently tell the story in a new way, packed with truth and meaning. Yet on that first Friday, I'm not convinced that Mary the wife Clopas, Mary Magdalene, Jesus' own mother, or the beloved disciple were concerned about much of this. Here in this moment, they simply looked on Jesus, on the suffering of someone they loved and mourned for. They sought to comfort Jesus, appalled by the sheer brutality of the event, although remember they may have seen this before, for them, for their loved one, a fresh kind of brutality. Fearful for their own lives, perhaps, of even being there. Alongside them, looking at the cross, holding hands with them, our hearts are broken by their suffering, aren't they? We stand in solidarity with our first Friday sisters and brothers, and with all those ever since who legitimately wonder where God is, where is God in the midst of this, of this trouble, of this bereavement, of this situation? Where is God and where is he in the moment of death? So this original scene is not so foreign to us. We've heard about those sufferings, those atrocities of our oh-so-wise humanity, the concentration camps, the killing fields, the sheer barbarity through the news. We have seen death as our own loved ones have died. And there are people here this morning for whom Nicola and Penny, that is very fresh for you. And we have experienced the little deaths that life brings on a daily basis. And it is because of the utter humanity of the death of Jesus and the barbarity alongside the suffering it sometimes causes that the gospel writers like John so deeply reflect on this moment and fill it with meaning by inspiration as they too wonder where God is in this moment. But we must stay in Friday with our first Friday sisters and brothers. And there is a sense right now in which we must hear Jesus' words as they would have heard them when he said, it's finished, he's dead. As Barbara Brown Taylor said, you may test it any way you like, hold a feather under his nose, press your finger against the vein in his neck, stick a spear in his side, he's dead. The struggle's over.
And faith leads us not round death, you see this morning, but through death, right into the abyss of it. Jesus confronted in that brutal political killing and, and into the huge contradictions that come in relation to our own mortality and all the death-dealing circumstances of our lives, faith leads us there. Standing and looking on the cross with our sisters and brothers that first Friday, we have to let their questions speak to ours. And so it is that God meets us in death's reality. When we are faced with the unknown, when we are caused to be fearful, when literally or metaphorically we experience death and death-dealing situations around us, big and small. But there you see I go again, rushing, rushing towards Sunday. For Friday in itself does not actually carry us to Sunday by itself. And if everything hung on the experience of our first Friday sisters and brothers, who yet had no idea, no insight about what's to come, I'm not sure where we would go from here. Would you? And yet, and yet, for me as a preacher and teacher, the line dividing Friday and Sunday is so very false. Like an unfinished sentence, I want to finish it. A half-baked phrase. A dead end. There is a, a sense in which for death to be real, everything has to stop right here, right now. But, as Commissioner Norman said last Sunday to us, the spiritual momentum set in the heart of God is unstoppable and therefore at a deeper level flows even through Calvary to Sunday. And so I'm wanting this morning, standing before you, to, to kind of get you up on tiptoe almost, to strain our necks beyond the tomb in which Jesus was laid. I can feel this in my bones I'm standing here in front of you wanting to lean into Sunday. And I can sort of do that to some extent because the other joy of joys this morning is that death may be real, but death is not our identity. You see, as sisters and brothers standing and looking at the cross today, it really isn't our identity. Despite death's reality, despite our biological limitations, despite the little deaths we constantly inflict on each other, death does not define us. And much as suffering and death has been played out thousands of times in different ways a thousand million times since, we are drawn this morning to this particular this particular man, this particular son of God, because we know that something happened in this death. And so for us this morning, that phrase, 
it is finished has so much greater significance, doesn't it? It's finished. My work is complete. My mission is accomplished. Our sisters and brothers from the first Friday that we meet at the cross this morning, they didn't know this. But the gospel writers who go on to pour meaning into the text do, and the great cloud of witnesses since then does, some are those we've loved and lost. And we today, as those who love God and call his son Jesus, we know this. We know that in the powerless love of God, in that real death, is the greatest power for the world. So even on this Friday, which calls us to the reality of the cross, to death, to deathliness, there's this kind of spiritual, spiritual slant. That I tried to find a phrase for it, and I, it's all I can think of, this slant towards Sunday. A straining towards hope to take us through the abyss into God's gift of new life. There is this spiritual momentum which will take us through the cross towards Easter. As Easter is the new life given to Christ, so Easter is the new life offered to the church and to the world and to our friends protesting in Oxford Circus, even though I believe the gospel is already there. So as we stand and look on the cross this morning, what do we see? Is it only death? Or do we manage to discover what our first Friday sisters and brothers could not, but what the gospel writers long to tell us, that God is mysteriously and tangibly present even here in death, even here in the crucifixion, the unstoppable momentum of love pouring through it. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. So let us stand and look on the cross as Jesus says, it is finished. For us, he's saying dying is finished. Political power games are finished. The project God's began to break through the thick rock around the human heart, it's finished. But it's not yet Sunday. And there I go again, leaning too quickly. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. So let Barbara Brown Taylor hold me in Friday just a little bit longer, for she describes it so well. Those whom he left saw nothing but his corpse. He was not a teacher anymore. He'd become a teaching instead, a window into the depths of God that some could see through and some could not. Those who held out hope for a strong God, a fierce God, a God who would brook no injustice, they looked upon a scene where God was not. While those whose feet Jesus had washed, whose faces he had touched, whose open mouths he'd fed, as if they were little birds, they looked upon a scene in which God had died for love of them. She continues, 
He had put his own body between them and those who meant to do them harm. He demolished the rock around their hearts. He had shown them a dangerous new way to live. It was dark by the time they got him down and found a place to lay him. It was the Sabbath, his turn to rest. His part was over. His work was done. Amen. Let's pray. Merciful God, you gave your son to suffer the shame of the cross. Save us from hardness of heart, that seeing him who died for us, we may repent, confess our sin, and receive your eternal and overflowing love. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We have to say goodbye to our first Friday brothers and sisters. But there's something we want to say to them this morning, isn't there? They've spoken to us this morning. They've told us death is real. We have something to tell them as we say goodbye to them. And we're going to say that to them by way of a poem called Friday Affirmation. So I invite you to stand, and if you feel you can share these words, then let's speak them to each other in the name of Jesus this morning. This is what I think we would want to tell them. There's three slides coming up. We affirm that when God dies, it is the time to suspect. To suspect that darkness can be crushed by sunrise. That silence can break the soul. That hallelujahs can be shouted in graveyards. That love chooses to live. We affirm that when God dies, it is time to suspect this is not the end. We affirm that when God dies, it is time to believe. To believe laughter will be heard at the door, that tombs will be unsealed, that grave clothes will be folded away, that love chooses to live. We affirm that when God dies, it is time to believe this is not the end. We affirm that when God dies, it is time to trust. To trust that the conspiracy belongs to hell, that crosses are the last word, that the last word is always love, and that love chooses to live. We affirm that when God dies, it is time to trust this is 